Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before we get started with our show, I wanted to tell you a little quick thing. My husband and I, 10 years ago, bought a cabin on a lake, as we call it, and it's uh, down on the Oregon coast. Um, It's actually on a lake, though, at the coast. And we go down there as often as we can. And now with all this social isolation, it just it's just so much we, we know we like our apartment, we downsized a year ago, but and we like our apartment, it's fine, but we love our cabin on a lake. And we go there as often as we can. And I was reminded this morning, because we got home late last night, and we turned on Good Morning America today, and they were talking about dream life and how people, now that we're getting caught up on sleep and people are, are able to remember their dreams more, and so people have a very active dream life and things, you know, I've always been a big believer in dreams and what can come from them, and and. I had a weird dream last night. I woke up, the, in my dream, I woke up and I reached over and petted my dog who sleeps with us. And then I rolled over and he, there was a second dog and it was exactly the same dog. He had just somehow cloned himself in the middle of the night. Okay, that was weird. But um, all of that to say that when we were down there at the coast this weekend, we have a very good friend um, who had a, a dream, a very vivid dream. He woke up in the middle of the night. He wrote the dream down, and then in the morning, he called a couple of people just to see if they thought that dream was was crazy, and it was actually about an idea to help some people. And everybody he talked to loved it, and right away, he started raising money for it because it's going to require some some financial investment. But it was such a beautiful idea, and the whole, the whole reason for sharing this message with you is, you know, sometimes great ideas come to us in the middle of the night. And they come to us in dreams, or maybe it's in that place between sleep and awake, which is, I guess, when dreams happen anyway. Um, but if that happens, if you wake up and you're going, whoa, what was that? Write it down. Get up and write it down. Put it in your phone. Do a voice message into your phone. Whatever it takes to capture that moment. Because if you go back to sleep right away, you'll forget it. But it's... Um, I think there's just so much that can happen in that dream state. And don't be afraid then to ask for help. If you come up with a great idea, ask for help if that's what it requires, because there are a lot of people that that can really get excited about the the ideas that, that come to us at times like that. So I just wanted to share that. I you know, waking up to GMA and hearing about these crazy dreams and my double dogs. I don't really understand that one at all. But um, but it is, there is something about this crazy dream life because I've had, I've had a, a very vivid dream life for most of my life. And they're not always like that. But sometimes things come to us and they're worthy of writing down and they can lead you into all kinds of interesting, wonderful places. So write them down, tell somebody about it and and then just see what comes of it. So with that, I'm going to introduce our guests today because they are just this lovely couple. We've had them on the show before. They were guests in September of 2016, so it's been almost four years um, that they were guests on our show. And I have to tell you, they, um, they're, just, they're just lovely. Um, we're going to talk about handling stress 
And we're going to be talking about using mindfulness, meditation, and other self-care strategies. Our guests are David Dashinger and Tamara Green. They're the founders of Loving Meditations. And they're going to help us uncover some basic tools to help all of us during this difficult time. So whether you're battling the, the, the loneliness and isolation of coronavirus or you're battling cancer, it's it it's really, it's a very big challenge for all of us. And like all of us, you're going to find this conversation enlightening. And again, they are a delightful couple. So welcome, David and Tamara. Thank you so much for being on our show again. Thank you, Becky. Yeah, we're delighted to be back. Absolutely. So very exciting. Okay, so I have to ask you guys, I know I asked you last time, you know, back in in 2016, to share how you met. And I had no idea what floodgates of beauty I was opening. (laughs) So I want you to share that story again, because it was really touching. I remember it. And I did, I admit, I went back and listened to your episode, and I was reminded, and I thought, oh, I remember that story so well. So please tell us the story again, how you guys met. I'm not going to leave it up to you guys to decide who's going to tell it. Uh, um, that would be me, and I'm excited to share our love story, but I want to say first, Becky, it sounds like in your dream, you know, as a psychotherapist lately, especially lately, I'm helping to interpret a lot of dreams these days, and it sounds like you got a double dose of unconditional love in your dream <laughs> with those two dogs. <laughs> I Thank love you that. for that. My husband asked me if I had if he were, if there were two of him, and I said, "No, honey, just the dog." <laughs> Sorry, <That's good. laughs> but and, he's, he's and, planning. He's plenty enough, you know. So, oh, absolutely. But my dog is little. Maybe I need. Do, do you need two of those? I don't know. There you go. There you go. And I had a prophetic dream uh, maybe a week ago. Uh, it was pretty profound but the message in the dream was if we want to change our governments we got to stop blaming them and just blast them with love our prayers our love our blessings instead of blaming and pointing fingers so when I woke from that I woke up from that dream I was like whoa that's that's pretty interesting very interesting wouldn't that be a crazy thing to (laughs) to really push out there I think that's lovely I yeah. do. You know, kill yeah. them with kindness, as they say, right? You so I, I, I love that. Very yeah. good. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. So let's hear your love story. Come on. Tell us the details. How many years ago? Uh, I'm afraid to say how many years ago we met, but David's sister was my roommate in college at University of Southern California. And David came to visit his sister, but... Uh, it was clear right from the moment we met, there was all kinds of electricity uh, blasting <laughs> between us and uh, instant connection. And um, so we really got to know each other quite well during those few days that he was visiting from Boston it, to, to LA where USC is. And uh, from then on, you know, off and on, we would connect with each other uh, through, you know, of course, back then it was the, um, you know, letter writing and stuff like that, or phone calls. But it took 17 and a half years for us to finally get married. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, we, we actually at one point, about eight years after meeting, we did uh, become engaged 
And uh, I was the one, I have to admit, I kind of freaked out because we both come from divorced families. And I was just convinced that if we got married, for me, I was in my late 20s. David was just turning 30. And if we got married at that time, we'd probably be on the same path as our parents. And I was terrified. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I just knew that I just needed to do so much inner work to be in a place where I, you know, wasn't afraid of screwing up a, um, a beautiful love relationship that we had. So we actually broke it off or um, we were completely apart or didn't speak to each other or anything for about eight years after that, after our engagement. And we ran into each other on West 74th Street in Manhattan one day. And that, and that is in, I bumped into Jim. There was a dog involved. In yes. <laughs> he was walking his dog. Aww. <laughs> and um, at that point... I was, you know, we, we, we were kind of in shock. Actually, David didn't really notice me, but I certainly noticed him as he walked by. What was it about him that got your attention when you saw him? When I saw him, I was flooded with emotion of, because David is the only, I, I, I dated quite a bit. But he was the only man I've ever felt true love for, real love for, and uh, the only man I ever felt excited about. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I love yeah. this. I, so I wanted he, to give a different different perspective, Becky, because it just sure. came to me. You know, when we meet somebody for the first time, sometimes in a split second, we size up some intuitive impression of who they are and what kind of uh, connection we have with them. So going back to the moment when we first met in Los Angeles, you know, I must have gotten a hit, uh, like a you know, very, very intense hit of who, who Tamara was, what she was about. And I think this ties into cancer because years and years later, when I was dealing with stage four cancer, what I what I um, sensed about her being such a loving, caring, and compassionate person really helped so much in my uh, personal healing journey, uh, both emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So um, I just, you know, it just came to me that I think I got the hit when I first met her, and then it certainly came into play during our major illness challenges. Well, I think it's it's beautiful. So, Tamara, you saw him on the street with his dog. You had all those kind of feelings come flooding back to you. Mm-hmm. And, and David, what did you do when you saw her after all those years? Well, the joke is that I don't remember seeing her. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had erased her from my mind. But uh, she reached out to me and, and uh, called. And we, we got together in a coffee shop and, and worked out uh, some of the things that we needed to, to take care of to kind of clean, uh, clean up you know, our past and get moving forward on a path towards our future. And it was meditation and mindfulness and yoga and all kinds of things that I certainly was during doing during that time that we were apart. Those eight years was a huge, um, you know, era of self-discovery for me so that by the time we met again, I was so ready, so ready to not only 
um, you know, love him. I was I was more able to love him, truly love him, but also to receive his love because that's not what I was able to do before. And well, I, uh, I think it's it's beautiful, and it goes right on, along the line because I know that you are a world class relationship expert, mm-hmm. and I can I'm kind of seeing some of that coming into play right now as you're describing, and you know, and I loved what you guys just said. I think David, you said it a minute ago maybe it was Tamara you guys are kind of one and the same to me (laughs) you're so similar (laughs) but uh, I meant that as a compliment Um, but having that conversation to kind of clean up the past and move you know so you can move forward with with clarity and and you know and and pureness of heart I, I love that I'm not sure the exact words you used but but instead of just kind of burying everything under a rug, you just you took the time to bring it all, whatever you needed to bring out in the open. That's that's private. But just whatever it was that you guys needed to kind of clean up, you did that before you agreed to move forward. And I I love that. And that's got to be part of of that training that you have too as a relationship expert. And I I just value that so much. And I really appreciate you your willingness and your heart to share that. That's really great. So shortly after that, you guys finally decided to get married, or how much longer after that? Yes, we were on the fast track at that point, Becky. We just uh, we couldn't wait <laughs> to get married. We enough time, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, now, so David, it all... Unf- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, you were a composer at some point in your in your career, too, right? I mean, you bring this musical background, and so what was what was that about? When we... Initially met, I was in college for music. I moved into a career in the record business. And then while we were married, I shifted into writing music for television, uh, sporting events like the Super Bowl, the Masters, uh, PGA, NCAA basketball, March Madness. And so that's how I made a living for uh, quite a long time. And were you at USC going to school there when you guys first initially met? My sister was, I was at Berkeley College of Music in Boston, okay. and okay. so yeah, I was oh, yeah. visiting That's my right. sister. Yep. That's right. I'm sorry. Our son went to USC. He graduated in the film program, and now he works for ABC Disney, and um, and actually still has a job, yay? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Downtime, I guess that's really good news, right? So Absolutely. anyway, well, you guys... Um, I'm, let's just get kind of right into the heart of what we're going to talk about because we only have a few minutes until we actually take our first break, but that's okay. So let's talk about how you guys got into working together on Loving Meditations, which is the name of your business. So what what is how did that happen? Right. So and that's one of those circumstances where um, we got an idea, but it wasn't from a dream. It was actually in an oncologist's office. Um, this is at the tail end of my stage four cancer treatment, and after chemo, radiation, and ultimately surgery, I was finally hearing the words uh, that I was hoping to hear, and that's, you know, you're cancer-free. And Tamara and I had been working on some meditation projects on a YouTube channel where I was, she was creating the meditation, I was creating the music and the video, um, and so the doctor, the oncologist in his office asked, you know, how did you get through this so well? It was a very difficult treatment, head and neck cancer. Um, you, you really thrived throughout it. And I said, well, we did meditation, yoga, mindfulness, um, other body uh, wellness techniques. And he's like, 
he lit up. He said, I want this for all my patients. And that's when the light bulb went off. We looked at each other and we're like, we have to create something to pay forward what worked for us during our cancer experience. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So it, it just kind of just took off from there. And, and now you guys have an app. And I know you had the, the app four years ago when we talked. Has it changed? Have you made many changes to it? Or what, how, how has it evolved in all this time? It, it is a constantly evolving uh, organism. It, it's, um, it's a nice platform because we have now connected with some amazing collaborators from around the world who are adding their amazing activations and meditations. Uh, we've created a Spanish channel. We've created a COVID-19 channel. And um, we've been able to create um, different channels that'll help people that are looking to sleep better throughout the night or looking to de-stress waiting for the doctor. And uh, so it's it's constantly growing and uh, it's a lot of fun to, to be adding to it. And it's called Loving Meditations App. Okay, so you can just download it at the App Store because I know I, I did download it and um, you know four years ago and I'm I'm just it's probably I've probably updated a few times since then and now but um, but yeah so it's still on the on the App Store so that's really great. Well, you guys, we're we have a we have a, a an opportunity to either take a break in about a minute or skip the first break. What do you think? I think we have plenty to talk about. What do you guys think? Sure, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. okay. I'd love to skip okay, the break. so so let's let's skip the break if that's all right. We do have to take the second one because we have a beautiful sponsor who takes care of helping pay for this show, and we want to make sure that we get them covered in the second one. But we'll let's kind of just fly through this one. And um, and my our producer, our engineer, just wrote okie dokie. So <laughs> thank you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna we're gonna just carry on through. So so let's talk about. Um, using that meditation because I know meditation is a big big part of what you guys do and how can we use meditation to improve our experience you know not only as a patient during major health crises and challenges but even at a time like this when people are just feeling so isolated how talk to us about that sure I want to start off by saying that so many people get scared when they hear the word meditation because they think they have to just carve out this huge piece of time and it's so hard to sit there and, you know, for 50, 60 minutes and, you know, try to be still and uh, go within and all of that. So the kind of meditation um, that is now scientifically proven that it's uh, more and more effective every day are really even brief meditations. We have quite a number of those on our app. So an example would be, you know, if you can breathe, you can meditate. If you can get very uh, absorbed in something like uh, a, a book or a movie that, that brings up really good feelings, right, positive mm-hmm. feelings, you're basically in that state of meditation. So I want to start off by saying that so that so many people out there listening don't get scared yeah. <laughs> when they hear. Thank you. No, meditation. I agree. <laughs> I agree because, you know, I kind of picture people sitting in a, what do you call that lotus position where your legs are crossed and you're you're chanting and 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 that's not me that's not something that I'm inclined to do and I remember you talking about this before that it isn't those big long so why don't you describe then what it actually might look like if you were just doing a brief you know what what does that look like to you 
Well, what what if we actually take one minute and do uh, something that that works quite well? I okay. I don't recommend this for anyone who's driving. They they can listen, <laughs> but please, you know, just yes. focus on your driving or your you know driving yes, the tractor or whatever you're driving. We're, we're flying the airplane. Yeah, whatever please. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what um, I call it our deep grounding meditation. It's so important to ground right now, especially with coronavirus. So when when there's a lot of thoughts racing in your mind, what what we're doing is we're lowering all that energy that's in your head and moving it down, down, down your body to your feet. So it's great if you could sit very relaxed, but, you know, in an upright position and put your feet flat on your floor. If you can't, that's fine. Just you'll you'll still get a huge benefit here. Okay, so let's get started. You breathe in through your nose and take a deep breath, opening up your diaphragm, your lower belly. Exhale out of your mouth and concentrate on relaxing the muscles in your face and your shoulders and your torso and your legs. Breathe in, take in a nice deep breath in through your nose. Now this time, consciously move all that energy with your exhale down, down your body to your feet, 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 feet. Breathe in through your nose, open your belly. Exhale, move all that energy down to your feet and even below your feet, you start to feel that connection between you and the earth. Breathe in deeply. Exhale down, down, down to your feet. And now you're literally growing roots like a tree down into the earth. And last deep breath in. Exhale all the way down to the roots and see how far you can extend those roots down into the earth. And then before you really come to, just notice the difference in your body. You know, the difference in your mind and thinking. Maybe it's all calmed down right now. I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was was actually doing these breathing exercises with you. And, you know, and I, it really is very relaxing. Now, maybe part of that's the sound of your voice. So on the app, does, is, does your voice tell people what to do or is it just more music? How does, how does that happen? It's it's a combination of my voice, David's music. Sometimes there's no music because some people don't like music, uh, and sometimes it's um, just just intermittent um, prompts to to uh, take another breath or to um, go some place deeper. Um, we have all different types of um, these exercises that include even hypnotherapy type um, or guided imagery or guided meditations or breathing techniques, all kinds. There's there's no one way to do it. So we have a, quite a variety. Well, I, you know, I'm glad that we took, took a little break from the break, but I would like to thank our sponsor, Electa, for that beautiful moment. <laughs> so um, thank you for that. Uh, I think that that was, you know, it's good because if, if meditation can really be that simple and that relaxing, you know, and that's the whole idea of what you're trying to say, because if we can, 
if we can just take those moments, just find those little moments throughout our day when maybe we're feeling a little bit anxious about something and just really kind of gather ourselves back together and and feel that flow. I, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. And I really think this is extremely valuable, especially right now with what everyone's going through. So are there some other self-care strategies and and tools that we that you have that we can use to you know to handle all this worry and this fear and anxiety and all that that's going on right now there are quite a few and and like this the one we just did some mm-hmm. of them are super simple super quick you could literally do them standing in line at the supermarket or mm. uh, some of them you could do driving your car um, and we call it one minute to calm because you can shift in as quickly as one minute from a place of negativity and stress into a place of more groundedness, presence. And um, for example, um, we find that yawning is very helpful. It's actually a, a, a hack that animals use. You'll, you'll notice your cat yawns, other animals, bears and bigger uh, felines yawn. And it's just a way for them to kind of... Uh, relax their mind for a second. And um, another thing that has worked really well if you are in a place where you're stressed could be the doctor's waiting room or waiting online to get your prescription meds. Uh, just look around and get really curious at things that are in your environment. It could be a picture on the wall, the doorknob, the light switch, and just look at them uh, and just get a sense of, you know, without judging it, what is the shape and the color, the the weight of this object, um, just kind of have fun with looking around and, and looking at things in your environment um, that you ordinarily ordinarily wouldn't notice. But just uh, it will take you a little bit out of your uh, you know your space of negativity and put you a little more into the present moment. You know, when you say that, it just reminds me of a of a story one time when I was um, I have five children and. When I had my first child, you know, I had, you know, you do all the Lamaze classes and all those things to try to, you know, calm your mind through. I think that's just an alternative to screaming personally. <laughs> do all this heavy duty breathing, you know, it hurts. I'm, there's no way around that. But it, you know, it's, it's helpful. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to scare the new moms, but um, the, the nurse did something really phenomenal for me when I was going through that. And, you know, my labors are very quick, so I don't have even time to think about using any kind of drugs to to numb any of that. But while I was in, right in the middle of some pretty heavy-duty contractions, the nurse brought over a photo of a woman nursing a brand-new baby. And it was a beautiful photo. They were in a rocking chair, and, and they, she was nursing this baby. And she put it on the wall right next to my head, you know, where I could see it. And she said, next time you have a contraction, I want you to look at that picture because that's what's coming. And so she just helped me get my mind off of the contractions and onto the outcome. And and it was it was a beautiful thing. And I mean, my daughter is 46 or something. I can't remember how old she is. So that was a long time ago. And I remember that photo. And, I'll, you know, I wish I had taken it with me, but I think it's one that she used a lot. But it was a beautiful reminder. And that's kind of what you're saying here is just focus on something else other than how long is this going to take, you know, and just looking at the color of the light switch, never thought about that before, but, but just sometimes getting our mind off of, off of it in just a little way. But that photo that she brought was, I think that's what you're talking about, isn't it? 
It is. It's what we're putting our attention on. And um, we can easily shift our attention. Uh, that's a choice that we make. And um, it could be also by using gratitude. Uh, think of three things that you're grateful for in your life right now. Um, and that's where we put our attention. All of a sudden, like things will actually brighten up, will we'll lighten up and put us into a better space very quickly. Yeah, I think that's great. So are there some other examples that you can share with us? I mean, I, one minute to calm. It's a great concept. So, or if, if there's not, we can move on. But I, if you have more, I'd love more. Sure. Let's give some more to your lovely listeners. Stretching, using your body, using your body to release stress, anxiety, depression, worry. It it is so effective. You can, you know, if you're just sitting in a chair even and you are standing in line at a supermarket, go ahead and stretch your arms up as if somebody's pulling your arms, like pulling, pulling up, 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 up. You keep stretching that torso up, up up what you're doing we have these energy lines called meridian lines and whenever we're kind of in in that place of stress fear anxiety whatever it may be there's usually some kind of blockage in our meridian line another in other words our life flow energy is just somewhere stuck and not able to just freely flow so when you stretch up 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 and then maybe you turn to one side and stretch your side and turn to the other side and stretch your other side um you know you are really helping to open up stuck energy and release it right there in the spot i love that Mm -hmm. again just a simple thing and you know and i've seen people do that it'll be i mean i've even seen people doing it in public they'll just Mm -hmm. you know maybe they're out walking or running and then they'll stop and they'll reach up and they'll you know, turn their torso and they'll, and that's probably exactly what they're doing. And they're just smart and they're, they're taking, it's not something you have to do in privacy. You know, you can do it, you know, you can do it publicly. And I think it's, we've all seen it. We've all experienced other people doing it. So why not? I, you know, I'm, I'm right now there, there's a lot of stressors going on in my personal life right now with this, with my new cancer battle that I'm kind of going through. And, and, um, you know, it's, there are times when I could probably use some some uh, meridian unblocking, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think this is great information, you guys. Thank you. So let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the added burden on of the, this impact on the caregivers. You know, not only for cancer, but during coronavirus, we've got people that are trying to take care of cancer patients, or maybe somebody who you know is a senior and kind of vulnerable, and and you have to go out and deal with with the public and buy groceries and all of these things. So that's got to add some extra burden on you because you have to not only be careful for yourself, but you have to be careful for those loved ones in your life that you have to come back home and take care of. So how does how does all this impact that, do you think? I'm so glad you bring up the caregivers, the wonderful caregivers out there. So important. They give so much. Yeah, Yeah. and and I know Tamara, you were a caregiver for David when he was going through some stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know you understand this firsthand. And my husband's been a fabulous caregiver, but every time he goes to the store, he puts us both at risk, and and he wears his mask and he does everything he can to do it right. But but yeah, the caregivers are. It's so important for them, too, and also for them to feel some love and connection in all of this, too. So let's just talk about that for a minute. 
Well, one of the things that uh, I wasn't doing four years ago when we last spoke that I am doing now for the last few years is running a weekly uh, cancer caregiver support group. And this group is amazing. And I hear all kinds of stressors that they're going through. And one of them, uh, they've been talking about this since the coronavirus. Uh, it, right now, the group is being run virtually, of course. Uh, they talk about how, you know, their life is centered around caregiving this this loved one, this person that they, you know, uh, think about 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. And want to protect 24-7, but yet, like you were just saying about your husband going out and possibly bringing back the virus, right now, oftentimes, they're kind of seeing this, I'm u- literally using the words that the caregiver in my groups used, the enemy, like, they, they go out and they go food shopping, or they come out, come in from outside, you know, don't get near me wash your hands uh how how come you didn't wear a mask outside in the backyard you know stuff like that there's just so much fear Mm -hmm. um even more fear than ever before and my heart really goes out to the caregivers that are just trying so hard and of course Mm -hmm. they've got to go out and get food and of course they got to you know take out the garbage and take care of things right right so how do they handle i mean is it is it un is it unreasonable to be that fearful well um whether it is or isn't you know of course for the the cancer patient going through so much you know we're we're certainly in the group too we're not judging that they're you know if they're being unreasonable they're they're just terrified right they're so uh compromised and they're terrified of course they're going to um be worried and anxious and things are going to pop out of their mouth like that. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, what I do with um, my caregivers in the group, um, oftentimes I am, okay, sounds like we need to shake our body and shake off some of the stress, you know, and I'll literally make them stand up and we are all kind of, uh, you know, shaking our hands and then our feet and, you know, kind of doing the twist sort of thing and shaking off that, all that fear or anger, whatever just came up. Um, uh, Here's another one. Um, What's that called? Labeling, labeling the feeling that is coming up for you. Uh, Literally saying, I'm mad or I'm scared or whatever. Just labeling your feelings is uh, a release, which is um, very important to to have. Um, and I can go on, but I want to make sure that we have the time to be able to go on. So I'll leave it up to you, Becky. You tell me. Well, we we have about four minutes until we have to take our our break. Um, but and we have a lot to cover. So I I'm kind of looking at this list of things. I have so many questions for you guys that I'm wondering if maybe I should just have you back next week. You want to come back next week? And <laughs> yeah, do that? we'd Seriously. love to come back. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. I have an op- I happen to have an opening next week, so I don't normally, but <laughs> we'd love to have you guys come back. So let's not worry if we don't get it covered, because I think there is so much to talk about with all of this, and I think it'll be just as appropriate next week to finish this conversation. So, so if you're okay with that, let's choose not to worry about if we run out of time, and we d- we'll just do part two next time. Is that all right? Sounds good. Yes. Great. Cool. So it'll be the same time, nine o'clock Pacific on Wednesday. So. 
Get me in your calendar. All right. Um, okay, so let's just just keep going. I mean, if you've got more to say, I think that this is this is so significant because it is a it's very real. When I asked you if if people are are unreasonable or feeling unreasonable, you know, I, I I'm asking that because it it well, I don't know how to say this. Um, I don't want people to be overly scared mm-hmm. about things, but I also don't want people to be lax, you know, to where, so, what, you know, where is that, where's that line in the middle where it's, you know, it's reasonable to ask for certain things, but I don't want my husband to feel like every time he walks back in the door, he's bringing the plague in with him, mm-hmm. you know, because at some point in time, it, I worry that, you know, he may not want to go out and do this anymore, you know, because he's bringing too much stress back. So, you know, I try to not go there. And I'm not, I guess, as worried about that as maybe some people are. But is there a, a middle ground? What is reasonable to to say to the caregiver to make sure that, that he's being, he or she is being careful and that you're not at risk? Um, I'm not even sure this is a reasonable question, but I know, no, it's I know in my it's- mind where I'm trying to get to, but I'm struggling a little bit. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And here's here's what I have to say. And I think David has something to add too. You know, it's important for all the listeners to know that um, whether caregiver or patient, right, that fear itself literally or stress, which is a derivative of fear, by the way, worry, all of that, is lowers our immunity so the more you worry or fear or fret you know about these the coronavirus you're actually lowering your immunity so it's Mm. so important to come back and regroup maybe you had a moment of fear like i have had many times during this uh, crisis right but come back do some deep breathing feel your feet firmly planted on the floor and feel the connection, get back into your body, get back into the present moment and, you know, go back to your loved one, your caregiver and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Right. I'm so grateful for you. Come back and let that fear release because emotions need motion and they, they're just trying to leave our system. They're trying to release. So allow them to release by either labeling them or, you know, kind of coming back into the present moment. Well, I I think I think that's beautiful. You know, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I would love to have you maybe answer this question for me. Um, how can the caregiver who might be feeling a little annoyed <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at all of the concern, um, how can they, in a gentle and loving way, um, encourage the the person that they are caring for to chill (laughs) (laughs) I I, I put myself in the middle of some of these things because sometimes I can you know I I need to chill a little bit but I don't want it you know if it's said to me in a rude way or anything you know then it's it's counterproductive so you know how can the caregiver remind us that it's going to be okay Um, and I guess that might be the question that I need so let's go ahead and take a short break we'll be back in just a couple minutes Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Female cancers affect women. But women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about handling stress, not only from a cancer diagnosis, but also from all the self-isolation from coronavirus. We're talking about using mindfulness, meditation, and some other self-care tools. But before I bring our guests back on, just real quick, if you're enjoying this show, and I hope you are, and if you're listening all the way through, I'm assuming that you are, please consider sharing this podcast with other people in your life that may be really needing to hear some of this right now. You know, share it with them. And then what I really just love you to do is go to Breast Friends Around the Globe. It's a Facebook group where you can interact with other people who um, are listening to the podcast in different ways. And it kind of came about as a culmination of a um of a bucket list dream of mine, and that was to speak in all 50 states. And I'd spoken in in 32, and I had 18 to go when the virus hit, and now the idea of all these events being canceled, and it's just not likely to happen. So I switched my goal to speaking to people in all 50 states. And because of that, I have four states left. Hold on. I want to make sure I grab the right list here. (laughs) I have four states left that I need to know somebody from these states heard the podcast because that will suffice. I've got North Dakota, Oklahoma, Vermont, and New Jersey as states remaining that I just need to have somebody who's listening from those states 
join breast uh, breast friends around the globe and then let me know that you heard the podcast tell me which one and what state you're listening from because I have a big uh, map of the US and I'm putting little stars in every state that I've either spoken in or somebody heard the podcast. So um, I only have four to go and I just don't want to stop short of making this goal because it's goals are important, right? So um, anyway, please do that and pay attention um, to again to sending out the, the links to other people so that they can all also listen. And we're just so excited to have all of our listeners on board with us. So with that, let me bring back David Dashinger and Tamara Green. And so we were going to, you're going to answer a question for me. How can caregivers gently and lovingly remind the person that they're caring for that it's going to be okay? I'm going to answer part one of that from the perspective of a firefighter, um, because I've been a career firefighter for the last 12 years, and we're on the front lines of um, handling emergencies and coronavirus. And so we are taking steps in order to deliver the care that we do to protect ourselves and then, of course, to protect the patients. And we're doing that by getting really good information and having really good practices of, um, of, of decon- decontaminating uh, wherever necessary and using proper PPE. And I think this totally applies to caregivers who have a loved one who's at risk because they're dealing with cancer or getting treated for cancer. Um, and that is, first of all, get good information. Um, I would urge you to not uh, get mesmerized by the news, but just watch enough so you're informed, but make sure you're getting good information about what protective measures are going to keep you and your loved ones safe. And just be vigilant, be consistent about uh, using those procedures and those those types of, uh, of equipment and whatever you need to stay uh, deconned and keep everyone safe. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say that because we've been so vigilant about how we do that in our department, Although we've transported, you know, a number of COVID patients uh, on a daily basis, that we have all of our guys are healthy, and um, you know we're doing it in a more uh, probably a more uh, at risk environment in terms of exposure than most people are um, in the general public. So um, that's my two cents on it. But I think you know it helps to bring it down down to reality a little bit mm-hmm. by tuning out some of the uh, really intense news and information that may or may not be helpful may or may not be correct and finding really good information and then making sure you're just having good procedures and um, and hygiene Mm -hmm. to keep everyone healthy and safe okay and before we move on david let me just say to you personally thank you for what you're doing you know we, we had a medical emergency in our complex here the other day and a fire truck showed up with firefighters everybody and then i uh the 9-11 the the emergency medical truck was there and everybody was in hazmat suits mm-hmm. and they were helping it turned out it was not a covid related incident but you know you don't know that when you're walking into somebody's apartment you don't have any idea what's going on you know in that arena and but i remember just the awesomeness of watching all that and feeling how amazing are these people that are willing to go in to an environment that they are completely uncertain of and take care of this kind of thing. So I want to thank you for your service as a career firefighter. I just think it's a, it's amazing and wonderful. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely. 
And so, Tamara, let's go back to you for a moment. I have a friend who spells her name the same way, but she pronounces it Tamara. So if I call you Tamara, I do apologize. Oh, don't apologize. It's it's fine. I I grew up uh, in L.A. and they pronounce it Tamara. But here where where you live now in New York, they call me Tamara. So I'm good with all of it. All right, cool. (laughs) So if I I mess it up, you won't be mad at me. Not even close. what can what can the caregiver say to ease mm-hmm. the 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 mind of that person that they that they love so much without making them feel small? You know, yeah. it, it's such a great question. the The first thing, uh, the the first part of this is right from the get go. When I'm working with uh, caregivers, I tell them to communicate to their loved one that they're caring for that they also are on a journey just like the one who's going through the cancer um, treatment and experience the caregiver is also on their own journey and um, so it it helps to keep the person with cancer or um, yeah more mindful of maybe what might be going on for them, you know, what kind okay. of uh, stressors are maybe going on for the caregiver. So it kind of opens up their mind. Yeah. But it's imp- mm-hmm. I, I can yeah. see that working if I can see that working because, you know, my husband is very careful when he goes out and I really love him and appreciate him for that. But that just that reminder that, honey, we're, we're on this journey together mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do anything that puts you at risk. Any, you know, that puts myself at risk any more than I would put you at risk. So, you yeah. know, just know that. And I, I think that just knowing that you're a part, you have a partner in this is because, you know, a lot of people don't. And that's really sad when they don't even, there is no caregiver for them. And those are the people I worry about the most is what, what about the people that don't have someone that can go to the store for them and exactly. take care of things? So exactly. What, I didn't know so, where we were going to go there, but what can, <laughs> what, what can, what can we do to, Help those folks. Can we? They, they don't have anyone? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother. That's the isolation the right now is yeah. so, it's so um, terrifying. You know, here, here's where I'm going to go with that. What we say to them is, please, there's so much out there. There are cancer support organizations for caregivers and those going through cancer. Uh, So many support groups right now. And right now they're all virtual. Please Mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Please take advantage of it. Because when I, I hear this all the time from my group members that thank goodness they're in this group because they're, they do feel a tremendous amount of support and love, and um, they couldn't do this really scary journey without them. So it's so important just to find out what's out there, you know, virtually, locally, whatever, and please get involved in a group. Yeah, because, you know, if people don't know you're going through it, they don't know how to help. They don't even know that you need help. And, and that's, that's always been with Breast Friends, you know, we've been around 20 years. And when we started, we started because we wanted the caregivers to know how to better support their loved one because people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And the risk if they don't learn is that they say nothing and they do nothing because they don't want to do it wrong. And mm-hmm. so we try to teach people how to do it right. But the first 
thing is the patient has to be willing to let people in. And just a little simple example of this, the other day we were um, running a little low on toilet paper. (laughs) Every time we'd gone to the store, we could not find any. And one of the gals I work with at Breast Friends, Allison, called me from the store. She goes, Becky, they're putting out toilet paper. Do you still need some? And it was one one package per person, but she didn't need any. She was set. So she brought me a, a big package of toilet paper. I mean, how awesome was that? And I do have a caregiver. I have Bill, but he's just been, it's just the timing's been off. So her willingness, because she knew I needed toilet paper, she wouldn't have known that if we hadn't stayed connected through this process. So that connection is so important for so many reasons. But to imagine going through this alone right now would be very devastating. So that's really good advice, um, Tamara, just to make sure people, you know, Breast Friends has support groups. We have online uh, meetings that we do for the local women here. And just, you know, find those groups and get involved and, you know, just like, you'll know that you're not alone when you do that. So I think that's really good. Sadly, we're almost out of time. And I am so glad you guys confirmed that, yes, you can be on my show again next week. So um, I'm very, very much appreciate that because we have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> so let's see if there's one quick thing I can ask you. Um, this may not be a quick thing. I'm not going to go there because I think it'll just take a little bit too long. So if there was one thing you could leave leave the audience with today, what's the most important single message that you could that you could share with our audience before we have to go? Right. Well, um, we discovered this in our cancer journey that it's a choice your experience of the cancer as a caregiver, as a patient, um, as, as a person living through coronavirus, it's a choice um, how we experience it. And we can choose to experience it from fear, um, worry, uncertainty, and pain and suffering. Um, or we can choose to shift out of that, at least for short periods of time. Um, we have the power. There are tools out there. Um, there are support systems out there so that we don't have to kind of live in that state all the time. Love it. That's beautiful. And and you're right. We don't have to live in it all the time. And just using some of the tips that you gave us at the beginning of the call, just, you know, a minute to calm. I love that. And, you know, you don't have to spend hours doing anything, just the breathing and the and just the mindfulness. So thank you. We're going to t- we're going to explore more of that next week when we come back. And we're also going to talk about metastatic cancer next week. I know that's a tough, big subject, but it's one that I've been wanting to do on the show. So with that, you guys, thank you so, so very much for, you know, being on our show. Um, I, how, how can people reach you? Is it lovingmeditations.com? Is that That's how they it, would? Becky. Okay, yep. lovingmeditations.com. Lovingmeditations. And you can learn more about David and Tamara. We are literally out of time. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.